Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 409 of the Drunk Testers Podcast. I'm your host, as always, I'm Tyler. And joining me with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. Sorry to interrupt your sweet drum beat. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Dude, I'm doing fantastic. After the work week I got going ahead, you know, just like... Uh, <laughs> just trying to do whatever and anything, you know, in terms of keeping myself occupied because of how slow it's been because of the whole winter advisory weather and stuff. You know, and I'm glad to have that out of the way so I can have a few days to myself, you know, maybe get some games played, maybe take care of the dog some more and stuff, but otherwise, man, I feel pretty good. Picked up, actually I picked up, like, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury just today. Played through the first world, completed, got every little things like the stamps, the stars and stuff. So I got that out of the way and stuff, but uh, how have you been doing, Tyler? About the opposite, Gables, about the opposite. Uh, just uh, Today's Saturday, we're recording a day early. Uh, thank you for doing that with me, by the way. Um, no problem. I'm supposed to have a Saturday off um, because uh, our, my other job's having like mandatory uh, work Valentine's Day, so whatever. And then, so I'm like, all right, cool, I'll get a Saturday off, doesn't really matter. And then my main job's like, hey, uh, mandatory Saturday. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God cool so i'm working uh you know how to work today saturday from uh, my first job and now uh, my second job i gotta do tomorrow so uh gonna be a uh, a long weekend but not for the not the long weekend that you want it's just gonna be a long work weekend um but yeah i know i'm doing uh okay otherwise you know uh having a couple beers here i'm, I'm drinking a arrogant bastard ale which uh i didn't realize it's one of my favorite beers but i didn't realize i haven't seen it for a very long time at the store and i was like fuck yeah you know i, I need a break from the gables not not you the gables <laughs> um but i just like, there's been way too many gables on this podcast lately you know we're talking like you know four or five or six gables um on the podcast it's like that's that's too many you know, you know two's the limit <laughs> two is the limit but um no i'm doing okay otherwise you know it's just you know working clanging and banging as always i do i'm having like a weird hair thing going on right now uh, that's why I'm wearing the hat, um, but I'm almost representing Talking Ship at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's a cool um, Facebook group, and every like used to be it used to be like a podcast. That's how we all joined into them, and then now like every like 18 months you get a podcast out of them, so <laughs> works out pretty well. Um, and then every 10 years you get to go to Vegas with them um, oh, and do ca- and do karaoke at a at a uh, Japanese karaoke bar and drink uh, a weird sake. Uh, Red Bull infused drink, but not realize until four in the morning after you drink 50 of them that there's Red Bull in them. And you're like, why am I wide awake right now? Why am I talking three miles an hour? I don't know. I don't know why I said three miles an hour. That's not very fast. 30 miles an hour. I don't know. <laughs> That's not very fast either. 600 miles per hour. Is that fast? That sounds fast. Um, it's kind of what Elon Musk, probably his rockets go like that. That's all. That's all I felt um, at four in the morning. Um, and then also, why do hell? Why two days later do I have? Uh, am I sitting on the toilet shooting through the ceiling? Um, oh yeah, R- Red Bull sake. Um, but uh, yeah, no, other than that, I'm doing okay. Um, you know, just trying to grow the beard out because it's it's very cold. Cables, it's very cold. The mm. the high today was like negative four, um, which is I not fun when you. <laughs> yeah, n- not fun when you spend a good chunk of your day, uh, outside. Um, but you know, trying you know getting around it. Whatever. Got a little bit of gaming in myself. You know, played. I'm about the same with you with 3D World. Got that. Um, got some sweet. Got a sweet poster from GameStop for getting it. Uh, one of the rare times I got a, I got a physical uh, game. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, by the way, Gables, I want to point out, 
Loving the shirt. Oh, of course. Loving the shirt. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad yeah. that I can't wait for that Walmart money to, to kick in when uh, for for them for them selling my my catchphrase that I invented just for you that no one has ever once used before me. I don't know why they chose a hammer though. I don't. I don't mean like when have I ever called you the hammer, Gables? You know? <laughs> Maybe I should. Maybe the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Hammers. I don't know. That doesn't work either. I don't know. I'll figure something out. But uh, I hope we get those royalty checks here soon because um, Daddy can use it. Uh, I'll, I'll split it with you. We'll buy Chico oh, and Louis a shit ton of fucking German tacos or something. I don't know. Oh, um, God. <laughs> it's the wieners ever. <laughs> <laughs> the wiener snitch. Oh, what's the sound? <laughs> <laughs> Daddy's got the wiener snitch. Oh. <laughs> That's what I. That's how I imagine uh, Chico sounds if he can talk. Like I don't know why. You know he's part Chihuahua, German taco. I just that's all I think of. <laughs> no, we just look over at you, and all of a sudden we'll just stand up on the air. He's like, "What's this?" Yeah. You got food? What's up? Yeah, pretty much. <sighs> well, here we are, guys. It is uh, Saturday night. Uh, it's a good time tonight. Uh, good time. Good time tonight. Good. Good night for a fight. I was trying to quote Elton John there. I'm very tired. If you can't tell. Um, but this beer is helping. This beer is helping quite a bit here, Gables. I'm liking it. I didn't realize it, though. I forgot about this. It is 7.2% alcohol, um, oh, there you go. which is like twice like a normal beer. So I was like, oh, I'm going to grab a, a few of these. I was going to have a few tonight. I'm like, maybe two. I got to work in the morning. So maybe, maybe two is <laughs> the limit. Like before we got on the podcast, I already I, was, I drank the first one. I was like, I'll grab a couple more throw them next to the thing. Usually I drink three or four. And I'm like, mm, no, no, I don't, I'm good. I'm going to stick with the two. I don't want, you know, I can't, I, I drink like four or five beers. Uh, we recorded that Saturday on a Saturday, a couple of weeks ago. And I drank like five beers during the five gables to be precise that <laughs> night. Uh, and I woke up and I was like, I wasn't hungover, but I'm like, oh, I feel kind of like shit. Like a little tiny, like, I'm like, God, I'm getting old. And also I can't drink like I used to. Like I remember <laughs> drinking five beers on this podcast years ago when I was a young man in my late twenties. Uh, three years ago, uh, <laughs> I, I drink that five was a, was a weird night. You know, it's like, what the, like, I only drink five. What's wrong with me? You know, now I drink five. I'm like, Jesus, Tyler, can you slow it down a little bit? You're a little crazy here. Getting a little crazy. Um, I don't know, I don't know where I'm going anymore. Uh, no lady D talk this week. I got nothing new for you guys. Uh, Capcom hasn't released any more news about him, which is, which is disappointing because that she's been. The, uh, the light of my year so far, Lady D, um, in her beautiful, beautiful hat and stilettos. But anyways, before we get before I get down a weird tangent again, like we did last week, unless we got some sweet crossovers we could think of, Gables with Lady D. We got Home Alone last week. I don't know. Um, <laughs> That's right. We got, we got we'll, Home Alone last week. We'll, 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 we'll organically figure out a way to get into it. But I do want to, speaking of Resident Evil, oh, that's a segue. I haven't done one of those and. 408 episodes um gables the resident evil movie which was oddly just announced like a little over a year ago already has a release date it's already been filmed already been made yeah um coming out on labor day weekend september september 3rd is the uh is is the date according to deadline here um this is the reboot thank god it's not paul w anderson and his wife mila Djokovic, who couldn't act to save her fucking life um and you know they're they're too busy destroying the Monster Hunter franchise right now with their movie. That's I think is it, I think it already came out. 
I don't even know. Uh, I don't even know either. I don't know the, the way movies work anymore. Like God knows. I think it's fun. I think it's kind of funny. They think we're gonna be able to go back to the movie theaters September third, or if there will be movie theaters September third. Who fucking knows? I hope so, but who knows? Just give me fucking Fast and Furious nine already, please. God, already been delayed a year. Stop <laughs> fucking with me. Space Jam two gets delayed. Mortal Kombat gets delayed. It's bullshit. Uncharted movie gets delayed. Probably not gonna be good, but I still want to see it. Uh, yeah. Anyways, it's getting. Got a release date now, September 3rd, uh, as of right now. Fucking Black Widow's got delayed over a year now. It's bullshit. Wow. Anyways, I'm not happy about it, Gamos. Uh, anyways, so this is going to be... So I remember, like, that was a thing that, like... like uh, they said they want to be more... Um, exactly, like, I can't remember the, the director's name that's behind it. But he said that uh, he wanted to be more kind of uh, attached to the games. Actually be... Not just have the characters randomly pop up and then kill them off immediately like they did in the other one uh, in the original movies, but um, have it more attached to the uh, original game uh, one and two uh, okay. itself. So that was like, I don't think it was ever officially confirmed, but the way he talked made it sound like it's going to be like, um, it's going to deal with the Spencer Mansion and also Raccoon City, um, which kind of makes sense because, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's a big gap between one and two. I think it's a couple months um, but yeah, I mean, I guess there it really could... isn't too big of a gap, man. I mean, even like with the movie, they could equally cover both one and two in the yeah. of like two different acts. Yeah, or it could just be like you know, it, it everything goes shit real fast in it. You know, like you know, shit goes first half. Yeah, like I said, Act One is them trying to keep it in the, the mansion, and, and Act Two is it got out and everything went to shit really, really fast. Mm. And or I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, they they have like there's not there's there's some I recognize some of the actors and actresses in this movie because they've been in shows I've seen. Um, I don't I don't recognize their names, but I know them their faces. Like, they have uh, Robbie Mill, who's from The Flash, um, and his brother played the Arrow in the in the TV show that's in the same oh, universe. Stephen yeah. Yep, Stephen Amell, yep. Um, who's doing a wrestling show for stars, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. Um, yeah, it's kind yeah. of interesting. Uh, I don't know what's coming out. Uh, it's got, I mean, obviously everything's fucked up because COVID, but, like, the... The filming of it got delayed after, um, and so I think it's still being filmed. But um, they have like uh, one of the actors from Maze Runner, The Umbrella Academy, Zombieland Two, has uh, in like the 100. So, like I said, uh, I don't know the names of the actors and actresses, but I, I, if I saw their faces, I, I recognize them. But uh, yeah, like they have like um, they're gonna have someone play Leon Ken- Kennedy, uh, Claire Redfield, uh, Albert Wesker, uh, and then the scientist uh, William Birkin. Um, like also they're gonna have a lot of the characters from, from the original games. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I don't really know what to expect from this. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I want to see a trailer, but I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just want to, I hope it's, I just hope it's decent. It's just like any video game adaption we get, you know, it's like, if it just right. comes out. I mean, it, and the bar is so low for video game movies and it's even lower for Resident Evil movies. So if it just comes out and it's like, it's watchable. Um, I'll be I'll be happy with that. You know, I'm not a huge Resident Evil fan. Uh, I'm a big Lady D fan, uh, but I'm not a huge Resident Evil fan. But I, I enjoy the games, even though I you know I beat three of them last year for the first time. But four, if you include Resident Evil Six. Um, I don't know, Gables. What, what's your hopes and dreams for the Resident Evil movie? Well, what I'm hoping is, in terms of like the uh, story narrative and stuff, that they hit on the key points of the original Resident Evil without it having to be too like long-winded or uh, you know overly campy. Kind of like how the original was, you know, and stuff. But what I'm saying is, did it like addressing certain plot points, you know, like for example, like say 
Wesker's betrayal and stuff like that, and the whole things between Barry and Jill and like Chris and blah 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 and stuff. But uh, I'm kind of hoping it's more akin, you know, story wise to the games, but kind of reclarification of what I've just said previously, where it's like address the stories and key points and stuff, and not just have like a whole lot of fluff. I mean, nobody wants to see a whole bunch of like the the main characters going through a lot of corridors or a lot of like random unnecessary bosses even if it's like say some of the key bosses like say the uh the uh like the final creature or something like that at the end of the original resident evil oh um stuff, the whole t-virus or something like that yeah t-something i think uh, yeah justin would be screaming at the our at our us right now when he's watching this later i'm sure he's a huge resident oh yeah fan. oh yeah no doubt no doubt about well, it but it's I'll like, Google it. you have that there's got to be some form of a liquor, though. There's got to be, like, the liquors have got to be in some point throughout this movie. I got liquor yeah. in the freezer if you want me to get liquor. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know, the giant tongue thing. The giant, like, uh, mutated monsters with no skin and stuff with a large-ass tongue that look like a goddamn, uh, like, a lizard and stuff. Oh, my it's gosh. I still have the memories of playing the Resident Evil 2 remake, and all of a sudden it's like... I see one of those things the first time. Is that, yep, that's a liquor, and all of a sudden it's like I, I thought that I go through past them, and all of a sudden I look behind, and the damn thing's like right, <laughs> it's like right next to me, and mm-hmm. I just like, and all of a sudden I just start booking it, and it starts just running after me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to have the classic. You got to have the classic enemies from there. Mm. T virus, obviously. Tyrant is his name. Oh. Tyrant. That's yeah. it. And honestly, the only reason why I know a little bit more about the original Resident Evil and certain plot points is because I love running... I like watching a lot of speedruns of the original game. So I kind of have a familiarity now with some bits of the story. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much what I hope. Yeah, like I said, I hope it's good. And if there's not a Jill sandwich joke in this in this movie, I'm just going to... I'm going to take my mask off and I'm going to give myself COVID in the middle of the movie theater. <laughs> Fuck it. It's not worth it. We fucked up. We've had plenty of time to make this make that joke in this movie, and you didn't do it. Fuck it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, hopefully it's good. Uh, speaking of some uh, video game movie news, uh, the Borderlands movie continues to baffle me more than I, I'm, we're not big movie guys. Obviously, we don't talk you know a lot about movies. We talk about video game movies and shit like that because obviously they're video games. But like <sighs> Eli Roth is directing this, which for people that don't know, okay. he does like mostly like that gore porn kind of like horror stuff you know oh i see uh that's kind of like like not he doesn't do saw but he's based saw like movies like hostile and shit so he's directing it uh kevin hart is playing the the brute guy i can't remember his name the soldier the big muscular guy oh, jack roland. black yeah roland uh jack black is playing claptrap um jamie lee curtis that. is um tannis tannis yep thank you and then okay, uh oh, god there was another one they they got on there but i'm just like it's so weird, like, they're, um, the, the more I hear about the act, the cat, like, the, the, so, Kevin Hart's character, I thought, been, like, when I heard he's being cast in the movie without reading about the character he's going to play as, because I, I like, I liked the Borderlands, but I never played three, but I like Borderlands, I beat Borderlands one, love two, um, but, I like, especially Handsome Jack and Tales of the Borderlands is fantastic, uh, yeah. it's the best, it, it, the best of anything in Borderlands to me, it's better than all the games. And maybe the best of the Telltale stuff. Um, but uh, it's just a weird, like, uh, the way they're, like, getting these people in these roles. And then 
I'm just like the more I'm thinking, oh, all right, we got Jack Black, we got Kevin Hart. Why don't we just get The Rock and then get um I can't remember her name. I think it's Gillian. Something Gillian, but from Doctor Who, the redhead who's in Oh, Karen Gillian, you're gonna Karen have to Gillian, play yeah. Lilith along with a rock is brick or somewhere. I don't even care. Somebody has to be just, in this Mordecai though. We're just turning this into Jumanji, which I'd actually be cool. If we just This actually feels like a, the almost most of the cast of Jumanji. You got you half of them well already. Bull, you might as well just have like Dwayne Johnson and Karen Gillen. Jillian or something like yeah, that. I would love that. I, I love the, the, the two new Jumanji movies. Um, but I, I mean, like I'd be on fully on board to get Just get the director from the Jumanji movie. Fuck it. Elon Roth, get the fuck out. We don't need, we don't need you in this. And then just fucking have them <laughs> have them just do a, a Jumanji three, but it's Borderlands. And I would be fully on board. Uh, cause I, I think that movie, those movies are really funny. Uh, you know, I, I, I like Jack Black. I'm a huge Tenacious D fan. Um, I like Kevin Hart, he's funny in his in the roles he's in. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's so it's so weird, and it's like the 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 the, the story in these games is isn't much. Like the I, mean, well, I don't know. I think yeah. Hmm. I mean, a lot a lot of the story aspects in like the original Borderlands and especially Borderlands Two had to do in large part of the mission itself. The missions, even even like the side missions, held a lot of uh, interesting like uh distractions in regards to the main stories i mean the main story of borderlands one i really can't tell you the vault hunter here and there i mean you're trying to find the vault that was but you're trying to find the vault but at the same time you have to contend with like a bunch of different like uh weapon companies like uh hyperion obviously that was one of them and then you have like i want to say atlas then some other company yeah i mean uh, it, Go ahead, in a sense, it's like more like a Borderlands 2, you know, sort of thing. At least with Handsome Jack, you get yourself a legitimate, like, villain villain. Yeah. He's awesome. He's, I love Handsome Jack in, in 2 um, and in Tales of the Borderlands. I, I mean, I don't know. The more I think about it, I guess, like, you don't really need to have a good story or even barely a story. Like, yeah, here's the vault. Find, find the fucking vault. And then just the, the best parts of Borderlands outside of the gameplay for a lot of people. But to me, I, I enjoyed... Borderlands 2 more for the characters and the interactions. Like, that shit was... Oh, yeah. Especially Handsome Jack. He was definitely the highlight of the uh, Borderlands 2 for me. So, I guess, I don't know. I mean, maybe... I, I think it could work because, yeah, you don't need to have a... Str- like, there's... I mean, there's lore to Borderlands. Yeah, but it's like... I don't think the people that are, like, going to enjoy this movie um, are going to care about the lore. I mean, especially, for, like, even the fans. I don't even know how much they're going to care about it. It's like, just entertain me. Like, I, I guess that... This might be actually, now I think about, the best case scenario for like possible movie for like a video game movie where like fans of the game and just casual people can enjoy because it's right. not like there's not decades of build up these like i guess there's not like yeah the lore is not crazy um you know and it's just like yeah it's just like it's just a bunch of funny characters and interactions so like, i mean maybe it could work i you know i don't know like resident evil's got the, the fucking their lore is bash it crazy and there's so many like the hardcore hardcore fans like i know people that used to read the books in high school and middle school like that's how crazy and resident evil they were and like i mean the movies are terrible just they're just bad movies even the, they're, they're really bad resident evil movies they're just bad movies in general so it's like yeah, i don't know i mean it might you know it's like we always have a ooh like like i'm nervous about the uncharted movie you know because it's like i love the uncharted and i love nathan drake right, but it's like right. that's a movie in itself it doesn't need to be a movie so it's like I don't know, like, I guess Borderlands, maybe it helps I'm not as tied to it, but I don't know, I, I, like, it's funny, as I was, like, talking my, talking about this, and I'm, like, I'm kind of talking myself into it, like, the bar, I mean, the bar's not super high, there's not a lot they have to attach themselves to, it's just, like, here's the characters from this game that, that you like, 
We're just going to put them in funny scenarios and there's a mission. There you go. And it could be a good time. Now I think about it. So I don't know. I don't know. Just kind of like did a whole like 180 there on my thoughts and feelings of that. Huh. Weird. I don't do that very often. But uh, speaking of, sticking with video game, I guess not movies, but um, we're going to the silver screen now with uh, The Last of Us. We now have Joel and Ellie are cast. We have Bella Ramsey and uh, Pedro. Uh, pa- I don't know why I'm struggling with this. Pedro Pascal. Um, they both come from Game of Thrones. Uh, two of my favorite characters in the entire series. Um, okay. And uh, Bella Ramsey is the highlight, the highlight of that abysmal last fucking season of Game of Thrones. Uh, she was great before that. Like I still, her first scene she's in, she's awesome in. She's just in the last season, I think season eight of Game of Thrones. She's just a fucking badass in. Uh, and she's like a kid. She's like literally like when she filmed the show, she was like 11, 12, 13. So, uh, and she was in uh, uh, Pedro Pascal. He's the Mandalorian. I know he's been, he's kind of, uh, blown up over the last few years um you know he's in he was uh, in the one season of game of thrones a while back but uh i don't know i mean i i, I mean i don't really know him because of mandalorian i know uh bella just from uh uh the game of thrones but i loved her in that and i think uh just from what i know of them like i think these might this might be perfect characters for the perfect actors for uh the last of us you know it's like and it makes me happy where it's like they're not just you know they're they're getting some names. They're getting some people out there that like we know are good and everything. They're pretty much in. They're like they're good at. I mean, I'm, the thing that they're in might not be good, but they're good in it. Um, so I, that gives me hope. It's just like they have like the the one of the main writers from Chernobyl, which is a fantastic HBO show. Um, that I mean, I, I it's hard to recommend to watch that because it's like it's like almost recommending you need to play Last of Us because it's like it's not a good time. It's not a good time. No. Uh, it's it's a it's a it's a miserable time, but. It's a it's a journey to go on, you know. But uh, uh, same with Chernobyl. That it's a miserable, miserable show, and you're not gonna be entertained. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what, what's your hopes with the uh, the Last of Us TV show, Gables? Well, I remain positive. I remain like hopeful with a lot of the potential that it is leading. That it will be a fantastic story in regards to it. That's my main hope for it. Obviously, I just want things to be like, uh, I want, obviously, to be entertained with it, you know, like something that's going to go through and actually, you know, drive me into wanting to watch it in that regards. I mean, I have, like, nothing but, like, say, just positive hope in regards to this thing being, like, uh, like a good TV show and this and that, you know, because it's, like, it's got a lot of potential. Yeah. It has a lot of good factors, you know. The actors are well-established. The screen run, the writer of this show, obviously, has a lot of good potential as well. So, I'm just waiting and seeing. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I kind of feel at this moment in time, without knowing too much more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't. Yeah, like they didn't start filming or anything like that. I just, it's it sucks because I didn't really like. I, there was a little bit of hope there, and but more nervousness for this. And now I, I see the the people they've hired to be in the show, and I'm like. Fuck! Now I'm really excited for this, and I didn't want that to happen because if it's not good, it's gonna it's gonna suck. Um, but Gables, I want to move on to a uh, some other uh, some actual gaming news here. So a game okay. that we haven't heard about in a long time, okay. but but a company we've talked about just recently, Bioware. Oh, they're oh, okay. uh, they're they're 
game that came out just a couple of years ago, Gables. I don't, do you, do you, do you, yes. Uh, so Anthem Next was the thing that was announced like the like I want to say like end of like 2019 that they're yes, like they were uh well they were they were like basically redoing the whole thing uh came out in February of 2019 but like by the end of 2019 they announced that like it's called Anthem Next um and this is a report from Bloomberg by Jason Schreier like coming out that the uh the, so I'm going to see if I can find the part I wanted to find here so uh, depending on the project is progressing EA will continue to grow uh, back and grow Anthem next uh, the team or band the project. So right now, I guess like they've been, the team has been working on it. So they're supposed to have like a thing come out and like, right. This was come out like last year, but obviously COVID fucked everything up, but the team that's been working on it is only like 30 people and they need like yep. 90, I guess to do it all. Um, so there sometime this past week, uh, according to this report, they uh, were going to talk to the EA execs um, to uh, either decide to either give them, the, the team to the, the 90 people that they want, give or take, um, and actually do all this, do everything they want to do, or either completely abandon uh, Anthem next. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, Anthem obviously came out, and it's just like, I don't I mean, I don't even really fully understand, like, what people dislike about the, is it the I don't, like I played the game I only put like two hours into it and I just didn't think the game was very fun to play like yeah being Iron Man essentially was was cool but it's like everything else was I don't know I, the combat wasn't as like a game like this I said at the time was like Destiny holds up so well even though like you can yeah the content maybe not great or the um the lore and the story isn't great whatever but it's like the gameplay it's the game itself is a blast to play and in a live service game, like that's that's the most important thing. And I was like, I feel like the the moment to moment gameplay was just not very fun. It's just like, um, it's it's very much Mass Effecty, which I you know we love Mass Effect, but I like the, I mean right. like the I don't know I don't really feel like um, like if Mass Effect didn't have that fantastic story, we wouldn't you know we would we would enjoy Mass Effect. Uh, it was it'd be a fine game, but it would, no one would remember it. Uh, it's right. like, I, I didn't feel like yeah. the game was all that. I, don't know, I just didn't feel like it was fun to play. Uh, it was like I feel like the whole game itself was just wasn't there. Like the con from, from what I understand, like people that beat the game, like there's nothing to do after you beat the game. So it's like I, I don't even know. I don't even know what the hell like reimagining everything would be. And like I know like they're talking about like you know the the skills, the loot, and all that shit. Like that's an issue with it seems like every live service game has been. But I don't know. I mean, what what's your thoughts? Should they just should they give? Do you think they will or should? Um, two-part question there. Do you think they should continue with Anthem? With Anthem, And do you think they will continue with Anthem? Whether or not I feel that they should continue with Anthem, yes, I do. Because Anthem, even though it's had a lot of hiccups, a botched launch, like loot issues, I mean reward issues, graphical frame rate issues, a bunch of issues on the PC version too, I still believe that if they wanted to try to make this game successful, they need to buckle down and actually give these developers at Bioware and stuff the additional resources, additional people, so they can actually finish this project so they could initially go through and do and put out the game that they originally were going to do. You know, as they stated back in 2019, you know, Anthem Next, this and that, you know, because... The game did have a lot of potential. It was overly hyped. People now, after the whole thing's been said and done, feel like this is probably one of the biggest 
like uh, flops inside of this like the whole ps4 xbox one generation i mean i can see that i mean i kind of feel the same way even without playing it but what but in the aspect of do i think that ea is going to continue on with it no i don't believe they will continue on with it and it's for one simple reason it is because i is because they probably feel this game is so far gone and it's draining so much of the resources with it even with even if the company in of itself is very profitable in terms of making billions upon general microtransactions, if not from FIFA, then from Madden or this or that, you know, they'll go through and they'll axe it because they know this is going to be a money pit. This isn't going to be a guaranteed success. The Anthem name in and of itself, since it's released, has been tarnished because of how much missteps that they did in not only creating the game, but also retaining a lot of the developers and a lot of the overall, like, People that helped create the game either have moved on to other projects, either inside Bioware or to somewhere else, or at the same point, it's like you they're already limited the amount of creators already in terms of what could have worked who could have worked on it at that time, from like a ninety person team back before it launched, even probably more than that, to about thirty people and just have it be like a like a side project while they're trying to do this and do that, you know? It's like, I don't feel like EA is going to continue on with it because I don't feel like they're going to give forth the full initial effort in order to make the game an actual good standard game like uh, Bioware had envisioned it, potentially. Yeah. So, yeah. I kind of feel like this game's done for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, it's like it's been about two years now. It came out sometime in mid-February 2019. And when they announced this over a year ago that they're going to do this, and obviously COVID probably pushed all that shit back. But it's like they're talking about like they have a team of 30 and need 90. It's just like we're this far in and you guys are just now making a decision if you want to do this or not. I feel like, I mean, they're chasing, I don't know. It's like and I mean, this report comes out and you don't hear a lot of like buzz about people. Like, I don't, you know, it's like not that I'm like in the world of everything, but it's like I don't, I know there's fans of games everywhere you know there's these like little pockets of games or like there's a big following yes. behind games that we don't know anything about and they're fucking huge like roblox is something that we know very little about but it's, it's huge it's one of the biggest it's huge games out there like the their games demographic you know which yeah it's basically teenagers and younger kids and yeah stuff. but there's, there's there's games out there we know nothing about never heard of at all and there's just these giant followings behind them. and there very well could be a groundswell there of uh anthem fans but it's like this news comes out about this game basically could or be or not be done after this week. And it's like, I don't hear the kind of the coming out of people like with support. And it's just like, I, you know, it's kind of hear the same thing over and over again about like, like, Oh, they're still doing like mostly people like, Oh, they're still doing that. And it's just like, I don't know. I've heard some people like redownload the game and it's like, uh, they went back and they haven't updated the game in like a year, maybe yeah, uh, give or take. Not, yeah. They so they, they completely yeah it's like they completely shut down like even doing small updates or any like even a little events whether it's like halloween or christmas or whatever like they don't do anything for the for the like they even like kind of keep it something going to bring people back so it's like you, all right so this game didn't have like, didn't have a big following after it came out and now you haven't done anything to support it so there's no reason for, you know like there's no reason for people to keep coming back there's no i mean yeah there's like weekly objectives but there's no like like destiny or Animal Crossing or all these like live division, all these like the live service games, like 
they consistently like there might be little tiny things like dumb things like you know division two has a thing going on right now get resident evil you can get resident evil gear in it or uh you know like uh there's like the easter event with all the eggs with animal crossing or uh, yeah. destiny always does events for like for like for the holidays or for um for like halloween and shit like that like you always hear about people going back even like you hear people i don't pay too much attention to these games but you hear people go back all the time to like do these little events and stuff like that even like you hear people going back to do shit for avengers and stuff and it's like they don't have that for this game so it's like you don't even have you can't even keep so you're not doing things to keep uh, that little audience you do have to keep coming back and maybe grow a little bit or whatever i don't know like you can like because you have friends that jump in it's like you you've been sucked back in destiny 2 because of your friends that you play with and it's of like course. you know and who knows how many people i mean it might not be a big big thing it might be a couple thousand or a few thousand i don't know but you can suck some friends in by hey man we, we're jumping in we play this game every every week and do these little events shit like that shopping with us and people oh okay i'll buy it. it's five bucks it's constantly fucking on sale for five bucks uh so if you need coasters cheap coasters it's fucking buy anthem um yeah, so I don't know. Um, I I just feel like at this point it's just better to get rid of it instead of like instead of putting ninety people in this like like you heard all the shit like Dragon Age Four is like it's been shown off multiple times at Game Awards in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty eighteen and then yeah. twenty nineteen we had like early early there wasn't even art for like little tease for the game but it was just like right literally just like like the very most alpha of alpha could be there wasn't even art in the gameplay we saw of it and it's like. They they pimped out there like and sh- talked about oh you're gonna see uh, uh something for Dragon Age Four Game Awards and it was just a thirty seconds of nothing there wasn't even gameplay it was just a voiceover it's like wow you've like you showed this game at Game Awards two years ago and gave us essentially the same we got a logo two years ago and then you know here we are we like in the game got totally uh, over a year in got fucking cut and then start all over again and make a new game um you know we were having you know, Bioware's in a weird place. A drama, a drama comes out. It's not doing great. So instead of putting ninety people on this game, that's it's just it's dead. It's just, fuck it. Like, what what's the best case scenario out of this? You know, like the people that are gonna play it are probably the people that already bought it. So you're not gonna get new people in. Maybe yeah, you can get some shit out of microtransactions stuff like that. But it's like, and like yeah, what people are gonna go out and buy this game for five fucking dollars? You know, or they're gonna go find find it in a used bin or something somewhere. You're not gonna really make. I don't like what's the what are you gonna make out of it? Yeah, you could over time maybe you can get that money back, but it's like I would rather like with Bioware being in this rough spot it's been in for the last fucking nine years, a decade essentially, yeah. um, since the launch of Mass Effect Three. Um, you know, just fucking just cut ties with this. Fuck it, came out. You know, just move on. You know, and it's it sucks because they promised all these things like they had like a roadmap. When the game came out, and they just stopped. Said, "All right, we're gonna work and make. We're gonna fix this," and they just they didn't fix it. They just stopped, and we never got the shit they promised. But it's like that was two years ago. They promised the stuff, and it's like at this point, people forgot about. It. Let's just move on. Uh, and I, I I hope I hope they do that just for the sake of Bioware because I feel like instead of taking ninety talents people off of which should be the future of Bioware should be the most important thing. And yeah. making sure that their games come out and they come out good, and EA don't fucking make them ship their games out early because I think you no, know, I I mean I've talked about it a million times if there's an EA game coming out in February or March before the end of the fiscal year, there's there's gonna be something wrong with that game, and that's the case we've seen almost every year. There'd be a big EA game come out in fucking March or late February, and the game come out 
and it just wouldn't it wouldn't work great or the game wasn't good or there was fucking bugs everywhere. Look at fuck what was that Sim City years ago? Yep. I mean we oh, we yeah, Sim City Five I think it was. Yeah, it's like yeah, like you had to be online to play it, but the online didn't work and all the bullshit. It's just like we see that constantly with I mean if, like I've, I've, I've every time I see I've said it a million times. Just if, if there's an EA game coming out, and that's what kind of like made me like on one hand I was a little bummed about you know Mass Effect Legendary Edition coming out in May instead of March like the rumor, but also I'm like, oh it's coming out in May, it's probably actually gonna be done, you know it's not gonna be March 12th. I'm like, oh, there might be some issues with it, and there's already rumors about there's issues with with them redoing the Mass Effect uh, one. So I don't know, um, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, I have a feeling it's we're not gonna hear about if if Anthem does in fact get cut. And we're not going to hear about it for months on end. Uh, it'll come out eventually. But, um, you know, we're talking about the future of uh, Bioware. I want to talk about the future of E3, Gables. So okay. um, E3 obviously got canceled last year because of COVID, uh, much like a lot of other things. Um, and this isn't uh, – uh, E3, the people that run, run it, I can't think of the, the name of the company that runs it. Um, uh, they are uh, – ESA is what it is. Um, as a, there's a there is a plan there's a rumor that E3 is going is going to happen this year but it's going to be a digital event which is something they said they were going to do last year uh, but then just didn't end up happening like it's just like oh yeah we're going to do it and then like and then like two months went by and then like they just think oh we're not doing it <laughs> it's like what's the plan what are we doing and then it was just you know obviously last year was weird with all the events and then Jeff Keighley's summer of gaming and then uh, Jeff Grubbs did it best with Summer Games Mess, uh, which was my favorite thing. Um, but um, I don't know. I mean, do you, what would you rather have, Gables? Would you rather have kind of a repeat of last year? Or would you rather have just the E3 event? As we, as Obviously not just have the press conference stuff. And then I'm sure the, the, the developers and stuff like that can show off the games to the press like privately like they always do. But virtually um, what would you rather have would you rather have kind of what we had last year with just stuff spread out everywhere and random events or would you rather just have e3 like like the week of e3 hmm. well after enduring the last summer's like thing with the whole like uh spread out like throughout the whole entire three months you know and not knowing who's going to reveal what or what's going to have that or this or that you know it's like i kind of feel like that I'd much rather would have, like, the weekend, now that I think about it, of the content. Yeah. Because even if, they, even if like, say, the ESA does this, like, three-, four-day event or something like that where all the companies are doing this way and that way and stuff, I mean, granted, the big-name companies could either, like, do their own type of direct things that they are doing or, you know, like, go with this type of, like, uh, thing where it's like, okay, now we're going to do this, 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 and that, you know, and this type of, like, time frame and stuff, and this is where you get this. I kind of liked the idea of, like, one place being, like, a categorized sort of thing. It's like, okay, this is where this person's going to go with this one, or that person's going to go with that one, you know? I thought with Keeley's thing last year, it's like, it was it was a good, like, replacement for E3, but at the same time, there were a lot of things I did not even learn about, and there were a lot of things that were kind of missed or swept underneath the, the rug or something like that. I mean, even after listening to a bunch of gaming podcasts around that time and stuff, I really didn't know too much of what exactly happened that was major besides that uh, the Xbox One, like, uh, no, not Xbox One, but Xbox Series X and S, like, games event or something. Yeah, they had a, they had a third-party one, and then they had, like, yeah. the, the other one. 
Yeah, but other than that, though, there really wasn't a lot of memorable things from Jeff Keighley's thing that I remember. Yeah. I can't really remember, like, much about it. Yeah. You know? So I kind of feel like if they went the route of, say, a digital E3 and have sort of something, something similar to the structure of this day be this person, this day be that one. Of course, now that I think about it, it's going to be hilarious because, like, Microsoft is probably going to take the place of, like, what uh, <laughs> Bethesda did in terms of like their time when they actually introduced stuff like their day yeah. probably in their times <laughs> but uh yeah i'd much more prefer the e3 format personally yeah i mean my thing is like i don't think an e3 i, I think we can have back what we have at e3 but i don't think e3 itself is going to come back the way it is yeah. because i mean you, you think about it, even before covid sony already canceled their 2020 press of conference oh, they, yes. they didn't have one in 2019 uh, or did they no they didn't they canceled 2019 they canceled right. 2020s before covid bethesda canceled theirs before covid um yep. microsoft and ea dropped out years ago so it was really and like it was really what ubisoft had theirs uh nintendo had a direct but they were at the the, the event um obviously yes what the, i think what else do we have other than that were those yeah, only square enix square enix but yeah they just jumped in Last year, I know um, somebody was going to have Warner Brothers was going to have one uh, for their games. They'd have an actual E3 event, but COVID happened, so they didn't have it. Then they had the weird right. uh, DC fandom thing instead. Um, then you got like the usual suspects with Capcom and with yeah, like, but the, uh, they're there like in the person, Intel. but they don't have like events like press conferences and stuff. Right. So it's like I mean we're looking at this mostly as going to be press conferences and stuff like that this year, which is what we care about. You know, we're not in the press, obviously, so. We don't get to see this stuff behind the scenes. We just, you know, hear people talk about it. Um, so for us, I, I look at like I'd much rather have an E three style thing because yeah, like I'm with you where it's like I remember like a lot of stuff getting like like a lot of events being announced and shit like that. But it's like there were so many of them. Like it was just like and you didn't know which ones mattered, which ones were important. You know, it's like even with the games with the summer games fest thing where it's like Nintendo and Sony weren't involved in it. It's like a lot of other people were like just because they. It was like really more of like a, a calendar thing where it's like, all right, well, oh, you want to have an event on June eleventh? Oh, let me look at the calendar. Here. Oh no, D- uh, Devolver Digital's already doing it. Je- you know, Jeff Keeley's like emailing people back. It's like, hey, Xbox, Devolver Digital's booked on June eleventh. You know, you gotta do like he basically just like kept track of everybody else's events for them so they wouldn't intermingle with each other. It was really what it was more right. anything, and it was it went on for fucking ever. Uh, yeah, and it was like you didn't. There was like so many like indie ones. Or like, I remember there was like one indie event. They did like three uh, days in a row, two-hour fucking digital event of like indie games. It's oh just like, God. you know, like no offense to these indie games, but it's just like, you know, like these, I don't know, just, they're not as exciting. It's just like, I, I, you know, it's like indie games is such a weird place anymore, I think, anyways. I've talked about that in the past for my, my issues with indie games. But, um, you know, it's like there, there was like so many shown off. And it's like I don't remember 95% of them. And there's so many of the so many indie games are just the same fucking thing. It's like how many top-down dungeon crawlers are you gonna make? How many you know uh, battle royale games are we gonna have? How many fucking limbo right. knockoffs are we gonna see? Shit like that. It's just like you know, it's just like it's all blended in after a while. It's like I don't know what's what anymore or what matters. Um, and there were so many events like that. There was like tons of those where it's just like here's these small indie events, which is a bunch of indie games. Which I'm glad they're getting the showcase, but then you watch some of them. And the same game would be at all of them. It's just like, no, you got yeah. like, you, like, come on. Like, you can't be, and I don't blame you for doing it, but I'm like, you can't be at all of them. You can't show the same trailer at six different events, you know, 
or show the same gameplay. Like Square Enix did with Kingdom Hearts three. Yeah, they while. they were at every event that they were at like four <laughs> different events that year. Uh, good for them, but yeah, like come on. Uh, but at least it was like you know it's a it's a big known commodity. You know it's like and they had different trailers for each one. You know this is like you see some of it, it's like how many times am I gonna see Skate XL, uh, the same fucking trailer at every fucking different event. You know it's. I don't know. And like Jeff Keeler did say come out and say that the this summer games fest thing will 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 be less than a month. But I'm like, okay, that's but that's you saying that. What about all the ones that aren't gonna be tied to you doing that? Like right. uh, who's in the summer game mess fest thing, whatever? Like, who's involved in it? Who do you have? Like last time you had like a, a graphic of all the companies that were involved in it. You know, I remember like, yeah, Sony wasn't involved, um, Nintendo and one of the other one of the big third party publishers wasn't involved either. I um, I don't know. Yeah, but I'd, I'd be happy if like maybe it's not even a weekend weekend thing. But like, what if it is just like yeah, it'd be great. Like, if the Jeff Keighley Summer Games Fest thing was like, you know, if it was just three weeks and we got everybody, you know, we got maybe they weren't a part of the Summer Games Fest, but they were. We had a Sony, we had a Nintendo, we had a Xbox. Like I, I you know, it's like, and plus like this ESA is charging the companies well into the six figures. It was was the report. That came out, not just a hundred grand, a couple hundred grand, hundreds of thousands of dollars just to be a part of this digital event. Just to yeah. put on your own digital showcase, you have to pay them hundreds of thousands of dollars just to throw, all, you know, which is insane in itself. It's um, ridiculous. Yeah, which, I mean, it was. I was kind of fascinated some of the stuff I was, I was like hearing people talk about. Like Ubisoft, uh, Ubisoft and Sony and Microsoft, like it cost them tens of millions of dollars to do E3s every year. Because, I mean, like, the the rent the the rent the place to put the the thing together to fly all these developers in book the hotels pay the pay to have the 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 plot of land in the event center from ESA it's like it's it's nuts how much that shit like that costs just to have that and it's like just to basically like I'm gonna I'm gonna pay ESA to be part of just to be in that E3 moniker hundreds of thousands of dollars when I can just just do what, e, what do what EA's been doing, or do what fucking Microsoft's been doing. It's like we're gonna do a press. We'll, we'll just do a press conference, and we'll just be across the street from you guys. And it's like and it's kind. Of, they can just do the same thing. It's like, hey, we're not gonna be a part of E3, but we'll just do the press conference the same fucking time E3 is going on. Like they can do that, and like we're not gonna pay you and not pay you hundred thousand. We can just do it behind a green screen, like we're gonna do it anyways, and just keep the fuck. We don't need. You know, if we're just doing digital, what's the fuck's point? With EV E3, it's like. I love E3. Yeah, really. it, it's my, it is Christmas. You know, it's like, it's one of my favorite times of the year. It's like extra life and E3 are like my two favorite parts of the year, just from the press conference stuff. And you have that, everybody comes together. You have all these fucking awesome news announced in a, in a like four or five day event. It's awesome. I love it. But it's like, I don't blame the companies for not wanting to get involved in this, but I hope they like get together and they like, Hey, let's just make our own thing. And just do it our like just basically work together. It's like all right, you get Sunday at six, I'll get Sunday at two. You know, like I, I want that to happen. I I want that E three magic still to be around, but just cut. You can cut ESA out of it. You know, I don't care. I don't. We don't. E three is just is just a name, but the event itself is what's what's awesome. You know, we don't need e, right. ESA. We don't need E three to be part of it. So long story short, um, just give me yeah, give me that awesome week. But yeah, we don't if we're, if we're doing what we do in digital, and especially for us, just as fans of video games, we don't need that. We don't, you know, we don't need it. Like we don't care about, you know, it's it's fun to hear the behind the scenes stuff, but it's like I, we mostly we only really care about the press conferences. But uh, you know, just talking about Sony there a minute ago, um, 
you know, there's that rumor like there was going to be a, possibly a place, uh, place you should stay to play here soon. Um, right. And then I don't, I don't think that's happening because out of the blue, they announced Ratchet and Clank um, is coming out June 11th. Uh, Ratchet and Clank ripped apart. Uh, it's going to be the uh, first PS5 game to come out uh, since. Well, no, I think back. Demon Souls is the first one, and then Returnal will be the, will be the next one. I was going to say the first one since Demon Souls. So this will be the third PS5 only game to come out for the, this. Call. Well, I guess Destruction All Stars too, which no one, no, we've already. That game came out two weeks ago, and no one's a week ago, and no one's talking about it anymore. So I should tell you where that game is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's coming out uh, June 11th. Launch window game, Gables. Launch window game. Seven months later, we're getting it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm excited for it, though. I don't have too much to say on it. I'm excited for it. Uh, it it's kind of a, a bummer that, like, you know, like the first chunk of the year, not a lot coming out. And then it's just, like, everybody decided, like, from late April to early June, we're just putting everything there. So we have, like, a mini, yeah. like, n- like holiday season. And, like, in that six, seven-week stretch, we're, like, near – Pokemon, Returnal, uh, Resident Evil 8, Mass Effect, Deathloop, Far Cry, uh, Ratchet and Clank, all coming out in this like six week stretch, and then wow. we're gonna have a wasteland of nothing after that. But <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know you don't have a PS5 yet, but I know you're planning to probably get one here when. I mean, eventually, when you can get Whenever one, it available. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but I don't know. What, what, what's your kind of your 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 feelings on uh, the new the new Ratchet and Clank. I'm really excited about getting a chance to play the new Ratchet and Clank. I mean, I'm not gonna lie; it looks fun. It looks yeah. like it's a natural progression upon the last game. Obviously, I still need to finish the last game, but yeah, at the same point, it's like I love a lot of what it looks like. I love a lot of the like uh, the level design that they have initially Somniac has input inside of it because it looks like classic Ratchet and Clank, which I love very much honestly, but I'm very surprised that uh, they announced it for June I mean, I mean, yeah, launch window sort of game, and I guess for Sony a launch window includes uh, <laughs> like at least within the first year of the console's launch yeah. Yeah. Last of Us Part 2 was a launch PS4 launch window game, I don't know if you know that Oh wait, what? Last of Us Part, Last of Us Part 2 was a launch window game for PS4 PS4 yep. launch window. Yeah, Last of Us Part Two. Really? Yep. Eight years later, Jeez launch window. Primity. That's how that's yeah. how long their their launch window is. Till the till the new console comes out, launch window. <laughs> <laughs> so what we've learned exactly from this from Sony, if it's not from like the Last of Us Part Two, but it, or Ratchet and Clank here, is that they don't know what the hell launch window means. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like. The launch of the PS5, we've had the Demon Souls like uh, remaster. We've had Returnal that's going to be coming out pretty soon. Mm. You know, Destruction All Stars is coming with and stuff, and we don't hear hardly anything, even though the game has released for free on PlayStation Net for like about a week ago. And then you don't really hear too much of people ranting and raving about it in terms of something positive. But at the same time, it's like Ratchet and Clank. That's that's quite a far ways out and stuff like that for a uh, for another exclusive you know i mean they're really pacing out a lot of their uh, first party stuff so it's like they have that coming out in june then are they going to be saving like horizon or potentially maybe a god of War ragnarok towards the end of the year and if that's the case then they're probably going to save like horizon i'm guessing at this point like the new horizon game like probably around the fall 
you know, October, yeah. November window, and then have maybe God of War Ragnarok in 2022, which makes a lot of sense to me, because that's the ideal type of game you want to release inside of, like, the later the later half of quarter one, you know, for uh, their financial calls and stuff. So if, like, you have that whole, that whole like, uh, February-March dynamic of releasing in 2022, you know, it's going to be enough distance away from the last Horizon game, because you don't want those two like dual wielding that close together in one another that's pretty much going to take away the sales from either or you yeah know, in that regards so it's like what this announcement for ratchet and clank like on ps5 means to me is like yeah it's a long ways out but it just shows me that sony is definitely pacing out probably more than likely due because of covid pacing out a lot of their exclusive content from launch to the middle of this year and then towards the end of this year you know so it's going to be a long wait in between so yeah what better yet for those that own a ps5 or still own a ps4 and they go through your entire backlog of the ps4 stuff yeah <laughs> yeah and it's yeah kind of in a way like we, we, we as soon as they announced god of War ragnarok 2021 the first thing we said on that when we talked about it after that we recorded that that night afterwards. It's like that ain't coming in twenty twenty one. Like I hope so. No. I hope to be wrong. I want to be wrong in that. Um, and it's 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 not gonna happen. And this I think this kind of just goes to show you that like the, quietly that game maybe not so quietly. Eventually they might say something, but it's like you know, Ratchet and Clank. And I'm not even complaining about the play. It's whatever. I mean June is fine. Um, you know I would. I mean obviously I wish it was sooner. I wish a lot of these games. I like I, like I said Mass Effect would be perfect right now. It's gonna be a hundred hour fucking game for me. I, I'd love to have that right now. Um, not that I have time to play it, but it just, I mean, just to have it would be nice. Uh, but, um, you know, like this game quietly getting moved, like Returnal got delayed seven weeks, but like I said, that's, I said that when it, when it got delayed, like it's, a, it's, it's a tradition of PlayStation games where they, they announce a date and then a couple months before it's supposed to come out, they push it back six weeks. That's what they do with every first person party game they have. They have even second party look at fucking final phase seven got delayed five weeks like a month before it was supposed <laughs> to launch um so yeah uh i don't know but it's like yeah this supposed to be a launch window like you, they like uh infamous second son was a launch window game and that came out in march in 2014 um you know so what june uh but they said grand trismo the next grand trismo i think is seven at this point was supposed to be a they said then they said like the beginning of this year they had put that that scissor rail thing and it was like yep. they said first half of the year, Ratchet and Clank and Gran Turismo. It's like, well, yeah. first half of the year is end of June, you know, June thirtieth. That's the last day of first half. And it's like this is coming out June eleventh. We haven't seen or heard anything about Gran Turismo. Where's that going to be at? Uh, <laughs> I doubt that game's coming out true. two weeks later. Um, maybe that's a July game. You know, uh, but yeah, like uh, you know, they said Horizon uh, and God of War second half of the year games, and I, I think Horizon will make it this year. Uh, but it's it's an odd thing because like you, we haven't seen um, PlayStation kind of like stop putting out their part of their games in that holiday season. Like this year, uh, this past year with 2020 was different, obviously because they're bringing out new consoles, so they want to put out new games to play with their consoles. I get that, but it's like they're have, they haven't put out a um, Killzone Shadowfall was their last big holiday season, like October November first party release right. they put out. And that was twenty. That was a PS4 launch game, 2013. Like the closest they've had is like Spider Man came out. I remember Labor Day weekend, uh, in twenty eighteen, and but that's the close. That's other than that, even like the past couple of years, 
the, a lot of their main exclusive games have either released inside of a March or inside of like a March, uh, April. Yeah. March, April sort of last like year was weird because of with the COVID and uh, because of last of us and Goshima got pushed to June and July. Um, but those games were supposed to come out in like, uh, I think last of us was supposed to come out like Mar- like April and then yep. Ghost of Shima was to come out in May. I think it was or March and it was like March and April or something like March March and May or something like that was but yeah like but it's also it just shows where gaming is nowadays where it's like when we remember when we, the first couple of years we did this podcast we would like talk about like summertime sucked just just generally be a gamer but also do a podcast where it's like after E three it was just a wasteland there was no games yeah it was you, you might get one decent game in the summer that you know and it's like the, you're just scraping and there's no news and there's no there's no Games to play in the summer, unless you're a football fan. You didn't play football and you had Madden. That was it, you know. But it's like we kind of seen this past generation where like that kind of change was like games just sell whenever, you know. It's like you don't need to put them out either the first quarter of the year, or you know, or like there, you basically it was like games came out between like what Labor Day, so like early September to like late March. So like you don't you can put them out anytime now. It's like. We've shown that games will games will sell and like look at Nintendo games like they put out games whenever the fuck they want to put out Nintendo games and yep. they sell whenever you put them out. You, you want to yeah, put absolutely. out Splatoon two in July, all right, it's gonna sell great. You're gonna put out Arms in June, okay, it's gonna sell. You know, like you want to put Mario Kart eight out on on the Wii U on Memorial Day weekend, okay, all right, well, it's gonna sell. Even it's gonna sell nine million units on a thirteen million unit console. Um, <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's just I – mean, that makes me really happy. And I just, like, I, I hope that trend continues where we just start seeing – I hope the third-party people get get more of that too. Where it's like – I feel like really Nintendo was, like, the first one to do it regularly. And then, like, you know, now Sony is kind of getting into that as well. And I hope that, you know, eventually we get to, like, people just put fucking games out whenever. When they're right. ready to go, we put them out. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know we're not gonna get a Call of Duty and shit like that in, in July. I get that, but you know like the, those non-top tier games that sell to everybody that don't, you know, that aren't, you know, like that aren't fucking Assassin's Creed, Call of Duty. Like those games will sell. You know, put some other shit out. You know, Far Cry could sell in fucking August in July. Um, yeah, yeah, seriously. I don't. I mean, I just. I, I think it's. I, I think you know we'll get. Um, I w- I wouldn't be shocked to see like June is. Um, Ratchet, maybe uh, July or something like that. We get Gran Turismo, and then maybe September. I think we can get Horizon, and I think God of War Ragnarok is probably a February March title, as as what I'm thinking. Um, which I mean, will make me will make me a little sad, but also happy because I mean, there's so many. Always, usually, a few really good games. Like always, it's always the big games that come out that require tons of hours to play. Those are the games that come out in the holiday season. So it's like. I don't need another one on top of those, even though I think God of War Ragnarok will probably be the best of all those games. Not knowing anything about, but God of War is legitimately one of my favorite games of all time. So um, that can come out in its own timeline. But uh, yeah. Anyways, moving on here to uh, to some Nintendo news. Um, it's kind of a weird one. It just doesn't really get talked about. I just kind of was glancing through Twitter and I saw this. And it's uh, this is a article here I found on a Deadline. So Crackle, which is a free streaming service, uh, you can just right. you just gotta watch ads it's been around forever. It's on everything. Um, it announced a uh, release date for a five part documentary called "Playing with Power: The Nintendo Story." Uh, it's coming out March first, uh, so we're gonna get one 
one episode per week. Uh, the show is written and directed by Jeremy Sneed and the Zeku uh, produced and narrated by Sean Austin, so Rudy himself. Mm. Uh, so I'm just going to read some of the article here. So, uh, World rights were required by Screen Media Ventures, the exclusive supplier of original programming to free ad-supported Crackle. Both entities are owned by Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment. Uh, Sony, Crackle's longtime owner, swaps its equity in Crackle. Well, that doesn't matter. Uh, I want to try to find the part that gets the part that's interesting to me. Um, so, Playing With Power tells the spoiling story of Nintendo, the secretive Japanese company whose origins date back to the 19th century. Uh, it features uh, Will Wheaton, um, Nintendo co-founder, Nintendo of America co-founder Ron Judy, Atari co-founder Nolan Bushnell, former Sega of America CEO uh, Tom Kalansky, uh, Reggie's going to be in there. Phil Spencer, Spencer from Xbox is going to be in there. Um, yeah, but anyway, so it's uh, uh, so this is a quote. Uh, I'm going to read this part. Sneed has explored the world of gaming in previous projects. like the, He did the video game The Movie. Uh, the docuseries unlocked the world of games revealed. Uh, Austin, uh, known for acting in roles like Lord of the Rings, Rudy, the Goonies, uh, connected Sneed with a mutual admiration for video game history, culture, and lore. They had a... Uh, They've had uh, they have had a nine year producing partnership focusing on gaming content. Um, this is a quote here from Steve himself, producing and directing, playing uh, with power has been a lifelong ambition of mine as an artist, g- gamer, and filmmaker. To see my show not only come to life with such loving care through my team and I's efforts, but uh, but to also have the opportunity to partner and such partner with such talented and experienced team like blah blah blah. blah. Don't care. Uh, I'm just yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm just kind of scrolling through the RS of the article here. But yeah, it's coming out March 1st. It's going to be a, um, a uh, five-part documentary series coming out. We're going to have The Last Dance Nintendo, basically here. Uh, I couldn't wait for Reggie to show up. He's like, I took that shit personally. And he's, he's talking about like the Wii and just smashing PS3 and Xbox 360. That's, got, that's what I want. I just want, him, I just want Reggie drinking a, a glass of scotch with a scar in his hand. And just like talking, like talking about all the times people fucking dissed him, he just destroyed him, destroyed. Him. Like Reginator just comes out and fucking destroys him. That's what I want. I, don't know. I mean, no, man. I don't know. If, I want to say I don't know if there's a trailer out for this yet or not. Um, I'm gonna look it up real fast, but I don't. I mean, just I mean, it's, it's gonna be it's it's a free service. Crackle. Just gotta watch ads. Uh, but uh, you, th- you see yourself checking this out. Yeah, obviously, I see myself really going into and just seeing a lot of the back history of Nintendo as a company because I know a lot of like the common stuff around the NES and the launch of that. Plus, obviously, living through a lot of the history of Nintendo through like their acquisitions, through like the the various steps in the right and wrong directions they've made over the past twenty <laughs> twenty five years and stuff like that. But uh, I like to see how they would they are going to be handling like certain aspects of situations, especially with say like the Wii U generation, and also in terms of what Reggie would go into detail about. I would actually laugh my ass off if he actually mentioned anything about. Well, I still get messages from people wanting to know where fucking Mother Three is. Yeah, That's right. Uh, I love it. There's a Mother Three <laughs> reference in this. <laughs> oh my gosh, because man, he's never gonna live that down, dude. Uh, he will never let that down. Mm. <laughs> oh, but uh, knowing what type of history they're going to go through and uh, showcase inside this documentary, you know, it's going to be really fascinating. I wonder, are they going to be like our documentary things, like one per like yeah, week in regards to the It looks like it's a, it's a weekly one per week is what it looked like. There's no, just right. said it starts March 1st. I'm, so I'm assuming one per week. No idea how long each episode will be. 
Um, five, maybe showcasing a lot of the consoles, like say like the NES and Game Boy. Maybe you have like Super Nintendo, sixty four, GameCube, Wii and Wii U, and then I don't knows. Yeah, I I imagine the uh, who knows how they're gonna lay it out, but I I don't, I don't think I don't think we'll get a lot out of it maybe too much because I think it's like we know so much about Nintendo. I remember I've done multiple like school reports on the history of Nintendo as a kid. Right. So just because like I did it once and I'm like. Every grade, I was like, I always had to do a big project. I'm like, oh, I'll just re- recycle dude. all this information over and over again every year. Dude, there's there's, <laughs> there's probably going to be a lot of new stuff. There's probably going to be some new stuff that's going to be introduced as well that we didn't know about. But uh, that's the most fascinating thing I'm looking forward to. But it's like, they probably are going to go through the deals. They're obviously going to probably go through like the deals that uh, Nintendo was going to be having with PlayStation. And then like yeah. they made that uh, deal with Philips in regards CDI. to developing the CDI and stuff and using a lot of their franchise, their franchises like Zelda, Mario, and this and that. So for any younger listeners listening in, just pay attention that there is a reason why PlayStation is PlayStation. And yeah. a lot of that has to do with what Nintendo did not do back in the Super Nintendo era, Thank which God was for that. allow the PlayStation to be, you know, having like a deal with the with Sony in regards to making the Nintendo PlayStation, which, yes, there is a prototype. Yes, there is. You can go through either on Google Images, go through YouTube, and there was, well, there was tests done on this prototype because a guy had this system inside of, like, his attic or something like that for a hell of a long time. But uh, long story short, go look into the more or less the details about the Nintendo PlayStation because it's a fascinating thing. It's from a, by, a bygone era. And the Super Nintendo was just this close, this close of having its own CD drive in order to run like certain things like games and whatsoever. Yeah. And even the Nintendo 64, it was also pretty close to running its own form of media inside the United States. 64 DD. Although it never came out of Japan and that was the disk drive. The Nintendo 64 DD. But, uh, yeah, that's just a nugget of a waterfall of information in regards to what Nintendo has done inside their past. Yeah. Because you look at the modern gaming right now, Nintendo, a lot of what they've done and what they've innovated upon has influenced the gaming industry for the positive throughout almost every system and every type of, like, games that you could possibly imagine. Without Nintendo, you would not have a gaming industry as it is today. Yeah. So, going through these documentaries on Crackle, I definitely look forward to it. Love to learn something new in regards to either what Miyamoto or what Satoru Iwata went through, or God, even what Reggie's like stories or whatever type of like truck and tie raids or something yeah. at the in a way headquarters. I just want to be actually pretty hilarious. I want a five part uh, series about fucking Reggie. I don't even want to hear about Nintendo. Just 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 give me a. I want a I want a last dance type 10 part series on fucking reggie and just oh my god dunking on people can you just imagine can you just imagine like his opening thing it's like just imagine like just like uh, a big old like nintendo headquarters or something like that and obviously you just get like a picture of like say reggie just waking up in the morning and all of a sudden just getting like a text or something on his damn like phone or something like that it's like where's mother three at yeah <laughs> yeah i just i want to like like every now and again, so the director just hands Reggie an iPad about a fan bitching about Mother Three, and he's just laughing at them. He's like, "Oh, get that shit out of here, man!" It's like, "Sir, when do you want to release Mother 3? And it's like, 
And he just goes through, just starts tapping on his yeah. little keyboard. It's like, like I just want, I want like, actually what it was. Like it's it like it ends with like, like him, like walking away, like doing this like dramatic, like some music's playing, maybe Pearl Jam, in the background or something like that. As he's walking away, it's a dramatic thing about and it's the end. And people are talking over Reggie, and it just shows him sitting on the couch, play, and he turns oh the switch God. on, and then up Dude. pops up Mother Three, and he has the only oh copy, only the only translated copy in the world is 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 on his switch, and that's it. That'd be the perfect way to end that for that, in that <laughs> fucking the documentary. It's like, oh man! It's that documentary like that, and all of a sudden he just takes a switch or something like that. He's gonna walk out of the room, and all of a sudden you just have the the freaking theme, that the freaking ending theme, for like the Incredible Hulk from like the nineteen seventies. Yeah, just <laughs> playing in the background. Do, 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 do. What is it? Do, do. I don't know. How do, do, I almost went to Rocky there for some, for some reason. I, I know the I can have it in my eyes. Can't I can't do it with my mouth? Oh my god, dude! I and you like millions of fans with their jaws dropped to the ground. It's like. Motherfucker, he's got the only working copy yeah. of Mother 3. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. I hope that happens. I want that to happen. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. I don't think it's going to get... I, I think it'll be good. I don't think... It, I'm, I'm wondering how deep it'll get into certain stuff. I don't imagine it'll get super, like, in-depth on certain things. That I think it's going to be one of those cases where it's, they're going to try to get to such a broad audience that they're going to go, like, incredibly deep on the shit that we're going to find fascinating. Um, yeah. I think we'll learn some stuff out of it, but I think it's going to be a lot of it's going to be shit. Like I watched the, um, the console wars documentary last year and I'd say yeah. 90% of it was shit. Like I knew about it and there's yeah. definitely some cool shit that came out of it. And it's like, I wish they were like, I would have loved a fucking five part, five hour documentary on that instead of the, I think it was like an hour and a half. Um, cause it, I, I feel like they could have went some of the shit that's, that they didn't talk about. It's fucking fascinating in that thing, but, uh, or it could have been more fascinating. So, Oh, oh yeah, I'm I'm, cur- I'm curious, and then also I mean it's on, it's on Crackle, so who knows how big of a budget they got? Um, no disrespect to Crackle, but um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Um, and then uh, how long are we into the show, Gables? Where are we at? Over over hour ten now, so I think we'll save the rest for uh, the only thing we have left to talk about is NPDs. I'll save it for next week. Uh, we're going okay. a little long here, but uh, Gables, get to the part now where we talk about what we've been playing. Um, right. You know what? Fuck it. We'll, we'll do NPDs. Fuck it. Uh, I don't have too much to say about it. Um, so I'm all over the place now. Uh, so uh, this is the NPDs for the last month of January. We never actually did December's. Like I actually couldn't find December's. So we actually, really? yeah, we have. Well, I'm sure it's in there. I just I might have missed it. Uh, I, I I really didn't put. It, to be fair, I didn't like spend a lot of time looking for it. I like did a search like once, spent like two minutes, and I can't find it. Fuck it. So I didn't do it. Because we did the 2020 overalls in December for instead of December's, right, um, right? So here's a uh, January's uh, list for uh, starting at number 20. We got UFC four, 19 Super Mario Party, eight, 18 Cyberpunk 2077, 17 Minecraft, Minecraft the PlayStation Four Edition, 16 Breath of the Wild, 15 Just Just Dance 2021, 14 Mortal Kombat 11, 13 Immortals Phoenix Rising, 12 FIFA 21, 11. Uh, Mario 3D All-Stars 10 NBA 2K21 9 Smash Bros. Ultimate 8 uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 7 Ring Fit Adventures 6 Mark, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe 5 Animal Crossing New Horizons 4 Madden NFL 21 3 Miles Morales 2 Assassin's Creed Valhalla Number 1 Call of Duty Black Wars uh, and I believe they uh, came out and said that Call of Duty Black Wars is now the 20th highest selling game in, MP- in the NPD era already 
Um, yeah, so right here. Uh, Cold War has been the best-selling game in the U.S. each month uh, since since the rubber launch, and now ranks as the 20th best-selling video game in U.S. tracked history ranked by lifetime dollar sales. Mm. So, yeah, um, that tells me it's probably... I mean, I don't know what the... I mean, I'd like to see that top 20 list of just that, actually. What the fuck is that? What's, what's that? Oh, and they also announced that came out that um, GTA V, uh, Take-Two stopped... Uh, putting digital sales on their uh, they don't count digital sales on their uh, games uh, All right. to pop up here like Nintendo doesn't share their digital sales uh, GTA 5 has now sold over 140 million copies and Jeez 2020 Christ. was the second best selling year for GTA 5 ever the only other year it sold better wow. in was the year it launched 2013 so 8 years later and it has, it has its second best year Jesus I was never expecting when that game launched that it was going to have that much legs. Yeah. Uh, um, it spanned now like three console generations. Yeah. It's going to be three console generations, eight years, a lot of content for their online stuff. Still not sure if they're going to do single player content. They, well, then they said that there's going to be a, a, a next gen version coming sometime this year. Right. And they've announced they're going to do a, a, a expansion for the multiplayer sometime this year as well. So, okay. I mean, there, there, and there, there's no signs of stopping with it. But uh, I don't. I mean, I, I don't have too much to say. It's kind of like, I mean, it's it, like we talk about all the time. Every time we do NPDs or Nintendo announces sales numbers, it's like it's incredible what they're doing. But it's like it's it's right. this is a very generic list. It's it's Call of Duty, uh, and Nintendo. So like I don't know. Yeah, it's just like what we have. What there's uh, what one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven Nintendo games in the top nineteen. Um, call we have two Call of Duties in the top eight, um, and then you look at like the big third party games are there: Valhalla, Madden, uh, Call of Duty, NBA Two K, FIFA. Uh, I'm, I'm happy. You know, I didn't play more Immortals, and I, but I'm happy to see that it's in the it's in the list still. Um, in January, uh, you know, it came out, and uh, I think it was like the week the same week or the week after. Uh, uh, Cyberpunk, and here it is, number thirteen. Cyberpunk at eighteen. Um, that tells you how well that thing's selling. Um, oh yeah, it's still selling pretty good. Well, and the fact that it went well, I mean, just I, I would argue that it's like going from two to number eighteen, and it's second month on the you know just. I mean, yeah, it's still yeah. selling super well, and I mean, this doesn't include digital sales, but it's like, yeah, I mean, it shows you like kind of where like the the news of that game kind of came out and. Well, very true. Probably would sell a lot better. I mean, it'd probably be in the top five or ten if it went for that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and the only big game we've had come out uh, in January was Hitman Three, and they don't. And IO doesn't give out digital sales numbers, so I, I hope that doesn't mean that. Uh, like, I'm not a Hitman guy, but I, I root for IO. You know, they're a team that broke out on their own and uh, left Square, left the comfort of Square Enix, and decided to be their own uh, thing and. You know, uh, they did come out and say that Hitman Three is already uh, like the best-selling Hitman game, and it's already profitable after one week on the market. So that's awesome here. But I'm hoping it's, uh, you know, it's kind of disappointing to not see it crack the top twenty. And I'm hoping it, I mean, I'm hoping it just sold ridiculously well uh, digitally. Um, but I don't give us what's your thoughts on this list. Honestly, it is definitely to the numbers type of a list. You know, with the same usual cast of suspects, a lot of Nintendo games like usual. 
Obviously, it's the same Nintendo games that have been frequently appearing on this top 20 lists and stuff for now. The next, some of them for like a couple of years now. Yeah. Animal Crossing New Horizons at 5, no-brainer. Mario Kart 8, no-brainer. Breath of the Wild, no-brainer. But uh, I'm kind of surprised seeing Assassin's Creed Valhalla at the number two spot underneath like Cold War. And only because even though the game released last year, and even though like it's an Assassin's Creed game, that... The game in and of itself, I've seen like people just have like middling reviews of it at best. Some of them like the content, some of them think it's like a lot of other types of stuff, but I think it's kind of uh, telling that the game for the month of January sold almost near or even close to like say how Cold War did, even above like say Miles Morales, which is supposedly a better is supposed to be a better single player experience and more yeah. focused than say Valhalla. I'm not sure whether or not it had to do with like a lot of like the uh, Black Friday's like no like the end of the year sales that drifted into January. I'm not sure if there was like a lot of like deals going on for Valhalla in that regards for over the past month. But it's still interesting to see, even if it's not considered like this game is good as say like an Odyssey or like maybe some bits of fun stuff like say an Origins. It's still selling remarkably well. Yeah. in that regards but uh yeah seeing cyberpunk 2077 i mean i thought it was going to be off the list personally and seeing that at number 18 spot you know it just shows you that even regardless of the refunds regardless of like seemingly almost a like a daily type of crap going on with cd project red that the game is still selling and there's still improvements and patches going on with this game so that's pretty much it. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, uh, you know, as games, I, I imagine the next couple months will probably be the same. Assuming February and uh, March will be the same. Like, might be a couple game difference, but I, I feel like well, the, the the top ten will probably stay the top ten uh, for the most yeah. part. You know, like I don't think. I mean, well, I guess. Um, what I mean, Mario Three D World will probably jump in there. Um, oh, yeah. That's. Uh, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of it, anything big in March. The biggest thing I can think of in March, and obviously I'm, I'm biased, is it takes it takes two comes out like March 25th, but that's not going to be a big seller. I mean, it's going to I think it'll sell well, but it's not for itself. But it's not going to be anything to write home about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just the MPD is my favorite thing to talk about every month, and it's just like eh, this this month, you know. But um, well, hopefully, you know, it's it a little more spicy and entertaining. Uh, in the future, but Gables, uh, hmm. you know, uh, it's part now where we talk about what we've been playing. Uh, I'm just gonna go real fast because I've only been playing one game, I've only played it for a little bit. Um, I played uh, Super Mario 3D World with Bowser Fury, came out just yesterday. I've only beaten the first world, and I want to say I did like two levels of World 2. Um, I haven't played Bowser's Fury yet. I want to, that's the thing I want to just jump in and. I've heard it's only it's like three to five hours long. That's something I want to just jump in and just play when I'm ready to play it. Like I play it live. I only, I only had knew I had like an hour or so to play last night. And like I want that's the thing I want to sit down and tackle it chunks at like good chunks at a time. Um, but yeah, I played. I've been playing uh, the actual main campaign. Um, it's taken a little bit to get used to with the speed change of it. It's definitely you can tell it's faster uh, than than the original 3D world. Um, and it's taking me a little bit of time to get used to that and. Then, um, just kind of like, you know, slowing down, 
uh, you know, not trying because that was like the main complaint I heard from a lot of, a lot of like really hardcore Mario fans uh, was that 3D World was too slow. So, and I mean, I think maybe overall it might be, yeah, maybe it's better to be faster. I don't know. Uh, I love 3D World uh, on Wii U back back in the day, um, and I'm really enjoying it so far. Again, it's definitely um, definitely wasn't a nostalgia factor so much, like because you know there's been uh, Wii U ports that came and I was super excited to play play them again. I played them. I'm like, oh, okay, this is whatever. It was fun to play through once, but not again. And I was a little worried about having that with 3D World, but so far, uh, the time I played it, like I was having a blast playing it last night, but it was just like it was getting late, so that's the reason I stopped playing. I had to force myself to stop playing, but yeah, I loved it um, so far when I played. Uh, what about you, Gables? What have you been playing? Well, quintessentially, just to kind of piggyback off of the whole Super Mario 3D World talk and stuff, it's like I most recently today bought Super Mario 3D World, Bowser's Fury and stuff for Switch. I pretty much like Tyler, I've played through the entirety of the first world, got little, I got every little collectible in regards to the first world in of itself. First thing that struck me was not really the speed, but like how much I not only remember of the game in and of itself, but like now I'm starting to notice little bits of like leveling details and stuff like that. And this is far removed from like going through Super Mario Maker and Mario Maker 2 where you're constructing your own levels and this and that. But going through Super Mario 3D World again... I'm starting to recognize more so like how much fun I am having going through and collecting a lot of the stars, a lot of the stamps, like I was initially when I first was playing it. Because it's very important, obviously. You have a 3D platformer and stuff. you got to be having that sense of, oh, okay, I want to play one more level I want to go through and I want to explore and see what I can get on the first try or the second try or whatsoever. And if it takes multiple attempts to get everything instead of a level, then I'll do that. But... One of the strong points about Super Mario 3D World, it's like, it compels you to want to go back and explore every little bit of the terrain of the like, level and stuff. I had a lot of that same experience when I played through the game initially on the Wii U. It's obviously one of my favorite games that I played back then on the Wii U. Huh. But playing on the Switch right now, it's like, I didn't even know anything about like the speed being like, uh, you know, going uh, up in that regards. It actually kind of felt like the almost similar to how say super mario odyssey in terms of like say some of the the speed of that but at the same time i didn't really notice too much of like a speed difference while playing like uh, 3d world today but uh a lot of the things remain the same in regards to the gameplay in of itself you're still going through worlds and stuff like rescuing these i want to say they're the subcons or whatsoever they're kind of modeled after the enemies from like the the good guys and stuff from mario 2 mm. i kind of thought but uh obviously the story remains the same characters and options kind of remain the same and stuff i kind of like the idea now that you can actually seamlessly go in and out of the multiplayer without having to like you know go through a lot of like a rigmarole stuff i miss the meverse stuff yeah at the same time oh yeah I wanted to mention well, that. The same. That was a, sorry to cut you off, but yeah, like I, that was a big bummer when you get to the end of the level and then you don't have to see all the, the people, comments and their art and stuff like that and like, sixty seven seconds beat that you know it's just like stupid stuff like I I miss that like I, I definitely love that and I, I yeah I was like, man the fucking meverse it was it's so cool it's the best social media, uh, at, uh device ever invented it's better than Facebook better than Twitter Instagram, all of them just. We should just get rid of all those and just make Meverse and make that mandatory that um, that you just have Meverse. Oh, man, yeah. The fun parts about the Meverse and stuff is like they have a whole bunch of stickers and stuff mm-hmm. like that up on the 
all the various posts and stuff. They give you little bits of hints here and there if you wanted to do that. But at the same time, you take out the Miiverse, but at the same point, you can actually go and seamlessly have somebody online that you can go and invite. Invite either will come in and stuff. You can play like a couple of the levels co-op and stuff, so you have the potential of playing with like three other people, not even close to you, like all the way, like uh, like an actual online match, you know, like an online like co-op experience, as opposed to how the game was originally, where it's like, oh, it's just local co-op only, you know, it's like. Eh. But uh, still enjoying it, obviously. Still is a ton of fun. If you're like a vast majority of uh, people, besides about 13 million of us that actually bought a Wii U, <laughs> you're going to really love Super Mario 3D World. Yeah. Definitely worth the time, worth the money. Now, with that out of the way, let's get into a lot of the meat and potatoes about what I've been playing this week. I still went back to play a little bit of Destiny 2, but I... No, there was a new season that came out most recently. The thing about Destiny 2 is, like, for each season, some of the past couple ones, they want you to spend about $10 in order to get into, like, the season where they have, like, two tiers of, like, uh, like premium content on the top here and then, like, all the rest of the stuff on the bottom. And that's yeah. for how much you go through and progress by completing missions, going through Gambit, Crucible, like, Vanguard Strikes and this and that. It's like their Fortnite Battle Pass, basically. It's quintessentially their Fortnite Battle Pass. Yes, you're correct in that regards. They most recently, because of it being a new season, they have a new artifact you can go through and collect. There's like new perks, some like mods and stuff you gotta go through and play through more of the missions and stuff in order to unlock certain mods. What's kind of a piece of shit about this is like I predominantly love using auto rifle stuff. And I have this exotic like auto rifle called Sweet Business, which is basically an auto rifle that's like acts like a turret, like huh. a Gatling gun, sort of. So I got a fully automatic gun that I can go through and just like just cut through a lot of like enemies like pretty fast and stuff. And I usually like had it during last season to pair it off with like a modification that would allow me to do overload damage, which means there are specific enemies where. If I overload their like their health bar, they're not going to regenerate their health. Well, there is not a single mod for any type of auto rifle stuff for this new season. Instead, there's a lot of bows, there's a lot of sniper rifle mods, there's some scout rifle stuff, which is like I I don't use a lot of scout rifles. I mean, I I it's either between. If I'm going to use a scout rifle, man, I'm going to be using a fucking sniper rifle because it's the same type of concept, only one's more deadlier and much more precise. But, uh... Honestly, I'm not really feeling it so much right at this mm. moment for the new season. I mean, it's definitely something that I'm keeping in mind. They change a whole bunch of the vendor's stuff, too, to make it more friendlier in regards to those that are not playing every day that actually want to play other stuff other than Destiny 2. Because <laughs> they've done away with a lot of their weekly weekly bounties, and instead they have a lot of daily bounties that you can go through and do stuff, but in the same time, there are more of a payout in terms of what type of daily bounties you complete. Like, you can earn certain like element cores and stuff like that, which obviously you can use to upgrade them to like, enhancement prisms, Use that to either upgrade them to, say, like, Ascended Shards or this or that, you know. So, basically, Bungie has kind of 
reworked a lot of the vendors so you can get more for completing dailies than opposed to, say, if you have like weekly stuff or if you don't play for about a week or two, you still won't be penalized as much. The biggest beef that I've had over the past couple of seasons is like I pay ten dollars. I've had played paid ten dollars or something like that per season for the past couple of seasons, you know, and I did not get the full extent of what I paid for. Yeah. I would pay I would play maybe until last season I played until like I reached reached like around level fifty, which is like basically half about what I could have done. Because I sure as hell was not gonna put another a hundred or so hours into like the Destiny Two, in regards to that. No, last November had moving all this other shit. Then December, you know, basically kind of got burnt out once I got all the moving stuff and Beyond Light dropped last year, and I played a hell of a lot of that. It's like I needed my time away, which I spent a month away. But the main thing about Destiny Two from this week that I had played is a friend of mine. We both decided we wanted to get this one exotic uh, rocket launcher. It's called the Xenophage. And basically what this resorted us to do is go through a whole like mixture of having to find specific clues, going to a bunch of different things in order to try to tackle a bunch of puzzles and stuff like that. We had to use a couple of different types of guides in order to try to see which, like, which way and that way and stuff. The adventure of securing in order to try to earn this weapon was a lot better, in my honest opinion, than, say, go to this spot, wait here for a few seconds, beat this one boss, okay, here's your exotic, you know, kind of like that. It was more of an effort to get this rocket launcher, but once we went through all the rigmarole and all, like, the, it felt like about 10 or 20 steps, like, mission steps in order to get this damn weapon... As soon as we equipped it on and stuff like that, we started like going into public matches, like like the public event matches. We were doing like ten to twenty thousand damage with this freaking rocket launcher. It was that big in that regards to usefulness. It was like holy crap, this exotic's pretty fucking cool. It's like it's like me at the, my ninth playthrough playthrough of Resident Evil Four after I finally unlocked the infinite rocket launcher. Yep, it's like one shot kill everybody. Yeah, quintessentially it was almost exactly like that. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely fun to play. But at the same point, I'm really undecided whether I should pursue this new season because even though I love playing Destiny 2 with my friends, at the same time, I do not feel like I'm in the mood to play Destiny 2. <laughs> but there are other games I have been playing. Just to touch upon a couple of them, it's like I did play through Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I did finish this game last Sunday. Nice. But I still am open to doing co-op stuff if ever you feel like you want to do co-op yeah. whenever. But at the same time, I did beat the game on Rough and Tough. It took a bit because the last portion of this game, the final series of like uh, chapters in this game, they can be difficult. My uh, Scott Pilgrim was maxed out and stuff like that. Obviously, I had to learn to use the counter option, like, a little bit more effectively because using, like, the circle button in order to, like, try to get this all uh, counter stuff gone was definitely essential. Now, the last series of events right here is, like, the first part of this chapter is, like, you had to go down this, left, this like, elevator, right? And you had to fight all these enemies and, like, defeat these, uh, like, break these gears on all four sides of the elevator in order to progress down. As soon as you do that, you got to go through... 
like a corridor or something like that and face a whole bunch of enemies, but you get to face off against one portion of the final boss, right? And then it's like, this final boss, the last ex-boyfriend or whatsoever for Ramona Flowers, is like, it's a three-part battle clip, essentially. First one is like you get against the super, like, uh, ex, you know, where it's like he's all brawny and this and that. He's relatively easy to beat. His second form, however, his second form, however, has the ability to where if you are too close to him, like, set a specific angle, he'll go through this, like, this stupid punch attack, right, and he'll knock you off the damn stage. And so you can't really, like, uh, get too hasty in terms of your effects. I actually literally lost all my lives because I forgot that if I just went down just a little bit, I can actually, like, punch his stomach and stuff like that, and it'll have the same effect. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to open his, like, his arms, right? And so you can, like, basically hurt, you know, like, a damage his heart, quintessentially. His heart is, like, outwards and stuff like that, and you have to try to beat him like that. But once all of that is said and done, the final boss and stuff like that is is pretty much, like, I thought it was easy at this point. Because I was just basically doing combos and this and that, and just comboing into my tech moves and stuff. And so... Finally, after beating that game, it felt it felt great, obviously. First time I played through that game in years. I did it on a higher difficulty than what I did back then, because I did it on the average Joe. This time around, I wanted a little bit more of a challenge. Got that. Ended up finding out a lot of the challenging portions about the game when you increase the damage. Is, when you increase the difficulty, is like higher hit points for, care, for like enemies. Some attack powers and stuff go up. But it's quintessentially almost the same game, just give or take, like, health, like, enemy sponges and stuff like that. Let's see. I did play about an hour of Grand Theft Auto 4 hmm. on 360. It actually kind of surprised me how much I got invested inside the opening, like, the cinematics, opening story of the game and of itself. Even when the game, from today's standard, looks like shit. <laughs> yeah. 2008 game. <laughs> and... And a lot of the gameplay, like the the melee combat, plays like shit. And even though, like, uh, going through a lot of the city on, inside your vehicle and stuff and doing this and that, going from one checkpoint to the checkpoint and stuff, it's it can be fun, you know? The exploration aspect can be fun. But uh, the other game that I played on the uh, Xbox One, Portal 2. I decided to go back into Portal 2, and I'm actually around halfway through that game. I'm halfway through the game again, because I just like, okay, let's start it one night. And all of a sudden, it's like two chapters in, I'm like, okay. Next night goes up, I got another two chapters in, and basically, I'm to the point in the story where Wheatley is taken over. Hmm. Like, uh, you go down the pit, and it's just you and Gladys as a fucking potato, you know, just she, her staring at you is like, hey, how are you holding up? Because I'm a potato. <laughs> <laughs> just the sarcasm from Gladys on top of the past history between you and her from the previous game and stuff. I had forgotten that dynamic. And it, uh, some, some of the humor will go over your head at first, but once you get the, a lot of the context and stuff, it is very enjoyable. It also shows, man, like Portal 2, the level design and how the puzzles work, it, those, those were so brilliantly designed. Those were so brilliantly designed to the point where it's like, 
this is like my third playthrough of Portal 2 in the past, God, since like, what, 2011 or whatsoever, I want to say. And the game still plays fantastically. It's still a fun time to be had. And I gotta say, you know, it's like... It's like rarely that I play a game from the, like a couple generations ago and like actually want to go through and play it again. But because of how the games were structured during like the 360 and PS3 generations and stuff. But for Portal 2, it's a bit different because the puzzle aspects of them are very creative, very like on point. Like, uh, I kind of feel like that, yeah, I'm pretty much halfway through the game currently. So I'm, I'm going to see whether or not I'm going to continue on or not, because I still am playing a bit of Super Mario 3D World. But yeah, that's me playing games this week. Nice. <laughs> Very cool. Like where you're at. Just jump around, see what sticks. Um, yeah, I think that will wrap it up for this week, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to hear more from us, see more from us. We are everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, uh, YouTube, Twitch, like we're doing this right now. Um, just check us out. Every, you know, anywhere that does podcasts, we are on them. Spotify, all those. Uh, a lot of them I don't even I've never heard of before, but we're on them. Um, I think we're even on Last FM. That's the thing. We're on it. Um, yeah, we're everywhere. Uh, so yeah, just check us out. Drunkers podcast. Find us in those places. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. I was host. I was Tyler. And I have been Colonel Gables. Until next time, everyone. I hope you find yourself some fun games to play. I hope you distract yourself from real life issues. But most importantly of all, thank you for listening to another fun filled episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Thank you. Yep. Peace. Peace, sweet man. Bye, guys. See ya.